Bevel, the, the, the tycoon here, he's not kind of rich. He's probably the richest man on the planet. That is the kind of wealth that I was interested in, not someone who's doing okay. I'm Michael Tamlin, CEO of Rakuten Kobo. This is Kobo in Conversation. My guest is the novelist Hernan Diaz, author of the new novel, Trust. It is a story about power and money and also time and how each of these things exerts a certain amount of force on what we think of as truth. He's also professor at Columbia University in New York and the author of In the Distance, a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize and the kind of literary Cinderella story that is often dreamt of but rarely heard. Hernan Diaz, welcome to Kobo. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. I just described trust as a story, and I'll probably through the course of this conversation also refer to it as a novel, but it's really several stories. A novel, a, a memoir that soon reveals itself to be an incomplete manuscript, then an actual memoir, but not about the same person, and then a diary, all bound up in money and wealth. And that's, you know, I would say my imperfect <laughs> description of trust, but I'm I'm interested in how you describe it. Um, I think that was actually a very uh, apt description of, of what the novel is. And in general, I am I am interested in in literature that is trying to figure out what literature is in the act of writing itself. Um, and and I think I think your description of of the novel is is actually very very adept and 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 spot on, uh, and I think perhaps this 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 manifold structure that it has is best explained by the title itself. Uh, if it has these four parts, it is because I was hoping that the novel would be an invitation for the reader to question the kind of assumptions that we always uh, have when walking into any kind of text. Uh, assumptions that are based on context, that are based on voice, that are based on uh, genre, uh, um, on the channels through which uh, texts uh, circulate. In short, uh, there is a whole constellation of determinations that make us uh, uh, expect that certain narratives will be more robustly anchored in truth, uh, whereas others will be excused from having a, uh, a relationship to truth. Um, both of these things to me are equally questionable. And this is what trust is trying to do by, by exploring uh, these genres that you that you mentioned, uh, historical documents, fiction, uh, uh, personal papers, and so on and so forth. Uh, and and it, again, uh, asking uh, the, the reader to to ask themselves in turn um, um, what their expectations were uh, and and what their assumptions were uh, as they started to read. And hopefully each section will will make readers revise those assumptions and preconceptions. One of the themes running through trust is about very rich people and the corrosive effects that wealth can have on truth. And set in the late 1800s and going on through the 20th century, uh, those are themes that 
are seem especially current today where we have headlines filled with very rich people trying to bend reality to their will. Does, does trust grapple with those issues that we are facing today or try to illuminate them? Or does it show that this is not a new issue that we're dealing with? This is something that's always been there. I think it, it's a blend of both things that you said. I think I wouldn't have thought uh, of writing this novel if I if I hadn't felt that this was something weighing on my on my mind and my perception of reality and my everyday life. Uh, and you know, the novel was written mostly uh, during the Trump administration when everything that you just described was was felt uh, uh, very acutely. That may well have been the initial impetus to to write the book. I, I think uh, books, at least for me, are, are born out of chaos. So I don't have a very well organized narrative as to how things come to be. Um, but um, uh, so again, this may well have been the initial uh, uh, drive. But as I started writing it, I realized too that this is constitutive of you know modern capitalist societies uh, all, all of it the 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 way in which wealth uh, warps reality around itself the way in which disparity is inherent to the system the way in which uh, crises and meltdowns are cyclical i mean we've seen a bunch of those during our lifetime lifetimes already um, so they're not accidental. This is what I'm trying to say. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a, they're 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 a they're a, um, a, a result of the system itself. Um, then I I also as I read more and more toward the book, I realized that uh, the the parallels between the 1920s and the 2020s were 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 just uh, uh, flabbergasting uh, in terms of you know, what the Republican administrations had been trying to enact uh, in both those decades with a with a century in between them, you know, it was it was it was basically the same in terms of immigration, in terms of fiscal policy, in terms of deregulation, uh, uh, in terms of tariffs. The list just goes on and, and American exceptionalism, isolationism, uh, you know, the list is really and sadly deep. Um, but I would, I feel this is the point also for me to say, this is not like a wonky novel. It's not like a novel <laughs> geared toward, uh, you know, policy uh, uh, nerds uh, or, or economists. I am neither of those two things. Uh, I come from a completely different background. And, and my hope was that the book would be gripping in its own way uh, while dealing with these with these issues that to me are are vital if if we want to engage with 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 our with our reality and and with our history, but but I but the book is 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 structured uh, in such a way that the reader is 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 a detective of sorts and you know and it's their job to to piece the 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 different uh, bits together. Uh, some readers will figure it out very early on. Uh, that all the elements are there. Uh, other readers will have a big reveal at the end, and both both reactions are welcomed by the, and, and and predicted to some extent by the by the text. While this isn't a wonky book, I would like to talk about your kind of your work in your academic work, and and how you made that transition from 
from academia to fiction? Um, well, I, I would say I would sort of reframe the, the question slightly. I think I made a transition from fiction to academia first. Ah, okay. Right. That was the first shift that took place when I was, you know, I always wrote fiction since I learned how to write. Like I wrote, wrote fiction with crayons. I don't know. You know, um, it, 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 it sucked. It was bad, but I, but I, but I've done it forever. And, um, then, you know, when I was, a, when I was a teenager late in my late teens, when it, the time came to make a, like a career decision and all of that, that one is supposed to do, I was living in Argentina in Buenos Aires and, uh, there were no like MFAs there or workshops or creative writing programs or anything, anything like that. But, but I knew that my life would revolve around books. It already did. I just wanted to, my, my job to be around that as well. So the, 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 the kind of the only viable or obvious path, maybe there were others, but the most obvious one was um, academia and pursue. I did something you know, the the equivalent of like a comp lit kind of degree there. Um, and then I, be, I became very interested in theory and philosophy very early on. And that and that was my jam for for a long time. And the, the problem with that, I mean, there, there are so many virtues and so many um, uh, uh, wonderful things about that kind of discourse, you know, the, the, the that 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 have affected my writing in a positive sense, you know, uh, uh, for instance, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of being a slow writer when, when, when the, or, or have, or have the prose be slow when, when that is required as an experience, you know, I don't, I don't feel that propulsiveness is necessarily a constant value in, in, in literature. I believe in shifting gears and velocities of, of reading and exposing the reader to different velocities of reading of exploring certain viscosity in language. And I think I got that from, from reading really dense texts, you know, it doesn't mean that my novels are dense. It means that, I th I think I'm more attuned to to that other side of or that other possibility of language that I think maybe a lot of people who who are thinking in terms of plot you know mm -hmm. in in a in a more economic way uh, don't experience so that that that's one of the many and then I also learned how to conduct our arch archival work which is which is really important for my for my work too the the flip side to to all of this of course is that academic writing is famously illegible uh it's uh, it's uh, is purposefully convoluted and it often confuse, confuses uh, obscurity with depth um and and so and and I wrote like that for a number of years because that's you know how you how you get your your academic papers published. It's part of you know it's a it's a it's a genre convention just as any other. But I I became less and less interested in that in that kind of I I I wanted to be lucid. I wanted to be understood. I wanted to I wanted to very clearly make sense. I didn't. I was I wasn't. There, there was a kind of resistance. In that, in that kind of syntax, in that kind of lexical um, 
fetishism, you know, that you find in in academia, you know, that you you think that just it's almost like magic. You think that just by uttering these these concepts, you're producing thought. You're not. You're you're just repeating, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, these 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 concepts whose meaning, you know, not always is uh, properly engaged with. So um, so slowly, I you know I. And then there were also sort of biographical, uh, you know, contextual reasons for me to withdraw a little bit from academia. Um, uh, things weren't going exactly the way in which I wished they were going, and and I always found solace in 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 fiction. I also should say this, and I hope I'm not angering any of my academic colleagues. I, I also found that. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, language departments had turned away from literature and were now focused on things that had very little to do with it. I'm not saying these those things are not interesting. All I'm saying is that's not why I went into that whole thing to begin with. I I, I was always about literature, and suddenly we were doing I don't know art, fiction, law, history, all of these things. Um, Anyway, so uh, I, I doubled down on 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 my fiction writing, which did not take off at once. Like I lived in rejection land for a mm -hmm. super duper long time. <laughs> Sorry, that was a super long answer. You can you can just chop it into little bits and yeah. I I I would leave it just as is. Partly because I'm I'm interested in for you in the course of your academic career was you know was there a sense that this is the game and i'll figure out how to play it or you know, or did you you know believe it and buy into it and then have you know essentially a crisis of faith with the endeavor yeah i think it was more the latter i i don't i, I don't think i was cynical about it as in the first option you presented me with i, I don't think it was <laughs> maybe i could have given more yeah. options yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well from that menu i like the uh no i don't think it was gaming anything also you know it's such a tiny world and the you know mm -hmm. it, it's 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 just a bad idea to go into it with that mindset because sure. you know um it's not like you it's it's not like you know a hedge fund <laughs> it's just it's i feel that a lot of people who do it not all of them for sure i think a lot of people are trying to game it but i uh, i think most most of the people or at least the people i hang out with and and whose work i respect and admire are are doing it very sincerely and and i mm. i think i did too but the way you put it the loss of faith is is i think is I mean, I'm I'm a hardcore atheist, but it like it it makes sense as an expression, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and it also had to do, I think, uh, mm -hmm. talk about a wonky conversation, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it also had to do, as I was saying uh, a little while ago, with a, with a certain turn, paradigmatic turn that the humanities took. That that I'm not disputing its importance. I'm just saying it was not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And so in relation to that, then, when did the work start on the book that would become um, your first published novel in the distance? Oh, well, there was there was a, another novel before that wasn't published. There was another there was a, 
collection of short stories that wasn't published. Uh, so, so the like the in the in the distance is the it's the tip of the iceberg of you know a, mm -hmm. a, a sunken body of work that will remain under the surface forever. I think a decades long overnight success story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, I had the idea. I had the idea for in the distance well before I started writing it, like, let's say, eight years before, six years before, something like that. I wrote that other novel I was I was just mentioning. I wrote other things while this thing was stewing in my head, right? Mm -hmm. um, and since we're talking about academia, the the and you're losing uh, listeners by the second with this interview. I'm so sorry. I don't know how you're going to bounce I, back. I, I, I'll I'll take it. The one the ones that stay are the ones are the ones we care about. All all three of them. Um, uh, uh, I the the birth of in the distance was not unrelated to my academic work. Uh, there is a connection there, uh, and and that connection is twofold. First, I you know I was I I wrote a dissertation that should disappear somehow from every archive in the world but the, the 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 topic of the dissertation was isolation and and how it's represented in 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 literature um which of course is a is a big plays a big role in 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 the distance i was just interested in this conjunction between ice of isolation and these vast expanses mm -hmm. and and that and that takes me to the second aspect which is you know um uh the desert as a as a as a trope, as a space in, in literature. Uh, I was very interested in that. And I was reading all these narratives about that set in different deserts, in the Russian steppes, in the uh, Arabian Peninsula, in uh, Patagonia, in the American West. Um, and so, you know, I, I started thinking if I, you know, if a desert is, you know, the shortest definition is a void, um, you know, how can all these voids be so different, you know, and, 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 and what does, I mean, can one truly be a foreigner if there is no contextual determinations, like all of these things, what would happen if you placed like a cowboy in the Russian steppes or a Bedouin in Patagonia, like it was, it was, a, a, I know it sounds made up, but this is honestly how it started in this very rather heartless way you know it was very intellectual and then i think that's why it took for it such a long time to take off i think it had to it had to become it had to become emotional and heartfelt and 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 it had to have that dimension you know and it and it took me all that time uh to to find it uh and i and i think uh that it 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 over overcame and surpassed all these other intellectual uh, 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 concerns that I was just trying to summarize for you. I I think it is a profound for me. I mean, I don't know if it comes across, but for me, it's all about uh, uh, the, the sort of the, the 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 emotional atmosphere of that of that extremely isolated character. So, so that ended up becoming the thing. Both in the distance and trust. I feel like intrinsically American books, you know, not just set in America, but describing core aspects of the creation of what we now think of as the United States. Yes. What drew you to, to wanting to illustrate those 
those very central narratives of America. Yeah, it it was it was partially a, a coincidence, by which I mean, I don't have like a manifesto or a sort of a hidden program or a, like a like a master plan. You know, there's that, no chart you know, on the wall. With, there's no and chart now we do on the, the frontier, wall. Yeah. and now and, we do finance. Yeah, okay. JFK is next. You know, there's right. there's there's nothing there's nothing like that. Um, with within the distance, the 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 you know, very quickly, as soon as I decided the book would take place in the American West, the, the ideological aspect of the of the of the narrative, which is heavy, uh, you, sort of the the notion of sort of nation formation and 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 the consolidation of this territory as the United States and the extractivist uh, uh, uh Expoliation of nature, you know, as 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 the extraction of of, of capital, you know, um, all, all of that was very. I was very aware of those things, and I was very aware of the ideological implications of of the Western as a genre that I was that I was trying to mess with. Um, I was also aware of the, of the of the misogyny of that tradition, of the racism of that tradition. These were all things that that you know. Uh, in a mediated way, I was hoping to also, while 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 hijacking this genre or while hijacking certain nineteenth-century tropes, I was also hoping to 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 say something about America's image of itself and how it has told its own story to itself. Um, and then, you know, with with. But it's not that I thought, oh, then next I'm going to tackle this other thing. It wasn't like that at all. It was just, you know, uh, you, I don't like right now because the launch of trust has been so crazy. I'm, I'm like in this. I haven't really found the time to be alone and not talk to anybody and have things like I have ideas, but I don't know. It's like it's like I don't know. It's like uh literary Darwinism, like the fittest idea will survive. And I, I, I don't know which one that is yet, you know. Um, and the same thing was happened with trust. Like I, I knew I was interested in wealth, but I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I, I had no idea. And little by little, we can talk about that if you want, but little by little, it, it took shape. And, and it just so happens that there is a clear continuity uh, between uh, in the distance and trust, but but it's that's ex post facto. It was not, it was not uh, programmed. I, it'll only be years later that the uh, the picture of your wall with all the diagrams and string comes to light, <laughs> and we we find out it was all part of one master plan. <laughs> I, money and the flow of capital is almost its own character in in trust, and and many books focus on rich people, you took particular care in talking about how your characters got rich, about the the mechanics of finance that constructed their influence and power. Why was that important to you? It was important because, and again, somehow we we keep bouncing back to academia. Like when whenever I think of what I'm writing, I I'm always thinking of the, the tradition that that pre-exists whatever it is that I'm doing I'm, and that's important to me I'm there are all kinds of writers I'm the kind of writer who likes to engage with the, the ones who came before me and maybe had something to say about what I'm saying I don't I 
and I think I think literature is one of the main materials of literature, right? And and I think it's to my mind, I'm not imposing this on other people. It's just the way I think. For me, it would be foolish to 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 write with my back turned to 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 the tradition. And uh, and so when I started looking at this, and now I'm answering your question directly. I saw that in 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 the American canon, which is what I'm invested and interested in and know best, um, all the money was already had already been made. Nobody was making money. The money was kind of mm-hmm. there. You know, it was that if you read, you know, whatever Edith Wharton, Henry James, sort of the classic, um, uh, and and a lot of even the you know the the social realist kind of. Um, uh, novels from from the 20s 30s 40s you know the money is there it's seldom made uh, there, there are very few examples and that to me was uh, spoke to this inherent contradiction uh, you know in on, on 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 the one hand money plays this outsized mystical transcendental role in american culture but on the other hand it's something that is not really talked about when you know and and literature itself has been very priggish around money so what what is what is this what is this kind of uh, i think i think ultimately the the answer might be calvinism but you know to 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 this if you look back uh, long enough but um uh so so that so that's why money is big uh mm-hmm. not just like plot little uh, engine that drop moves the action forward but as you believe said right now a, 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 a protagonist itself and and the mechanics of the of money making are, are very important well and, and and as you describe it, it it's it's almost like money plays the role in uh you know, in kind of contemporary American fiction that magic does in you know, in fantasy fiction, like it's kind of the, you know, it's the animating force that just sort of sits underneath it all, but it performs the same role. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and if you, you know, if you think that very famous passage in, in Marx's, um, uh, uh, capital, when he talks about, uh, the, the, the fetishism of, of commodities, you know, where, where commodities seem to take this life, of, of the own and you know the table is dancing and it's it's, a, it's an overly quoted passage but i think it relates i, I love what you said about fantasy the, this animating force uh for sure um the, the 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 simile i found as i taught myself how to speak about the novel uh so forgive me if you've heard this before but to me money in 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 american literature and in literature in, in general the, the literature i know and of course there are exceptions but in general in general money is not it's not capital uh, money is more akin to a treasure um and the difference mm-hmm. between treasure and capital is that the treasure is there it's something that you find and it's it's just there it's there the gold coin that like it's almost spontaneous you know whereas capital always implies labor right um, so, so if money, as I said a little while ago, is already made, or if money is a treasure, like a chest that you open and you know glows in your face, then you are excused to address labor. You're excused from addressing uh, 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 the, the the you know the the, in, the injustice 
the injustice that went into the, the exploitation that went into because it always does like there is no wealth without that that's that's by definition how it happens um so so i think that's partially why uh we have treasure and not capital you know another theme another focus within trust is is immigration and the flow of people why they move what they bring with them, the reinventions that happen when they move. And in, you know, it's the other, it's the other force that's moving along as, as money and the flow of capital moves. Um, why did you set that almost, you know, kind of in, you know, in a dynamic with, uh, with capital within the book? Um, well, I, I, for many reasons, I, the first and most obvious one is that I am an immigrant myself, uh, although, you know, I came here with a scholarship and it was a very comfortable way of immigrating. But nonetheless, I am an immigrant and I'm I am the son of immigrants. But my, my father was the first to be born in Argentina. His parents were uh, from Spain, um, something similar from uh, for my mom. She's like a second generation Argentine, her grandparents were from Italy so so immigration is really uh, a constitutive part of, of my history and who I am it's also a constitutive part of this country's history and uh, and what this country is and is trying always to become and I I don't think anyone could deny that there is a there is a direct link uh, and connection between immigration and capital, and that link is has always been cheap labor. So so I think it was it's very it's very important to have that component when you're talking about the process of accumulation of capital in in the United States. Also, we were talking about the echoes, you know, between the 1920s and the 2020s, sort of the 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 immigration um uh, uh quota acts uh, of of 1924 i want to say that restricted immigration from very specific countries italy for instance um asia also not a country but region of course um um are not unrelated to what was going on here you know during during the trump administration uh, with uh, um, travel banned uh ban lists and uh and people being families being separated at the border and 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 the the, the sheer cruelty of those of those policies is something mm-hmm. you know that that we could we can trace back at least to to the to the 1920s so i think that that was an additional um reason and i think also you know be, because i am I am an immigrant myself. I, my my first contact with the United States was, as for so many people like me, through fiction. You know, uh, uh, that, that that's the that's how I got to know the United States first through novels, through uh, through uh, movies, through through lyrics. You know, the, the songs that I would that I would play, and so on and so forth. So. So, you know, I think I think there is there is a certain correlation between immigration and fiction for me and this this idea that you know the outsized images that you know we always hear you know the, the streets paved with gold etc that's sort of the most hyperbolic and visible one but but i think there is there is that connection there that to me is very interesting to explore and i and i and i did that in in 
in my previous book in the distance as well like what what is what is the, the fictional engine that is at work you know uh, uh 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 when it comes to to immigration there is there is a fictional depiction of of the united states uh that that is in stark contrast uh most immigrant immigrants very soon discover with uh its reality and i'm i'm so glad that you brought up that uh, that aspect of labor and capital, first of all, because I was just struck by the very clear geographic divide that you that you set up within the book, where capital is literally on one side of the river and labor is on the other. Uh, but also because in talking about it, you've officially broken our record for the largest amount of Marxist dialectic that's been included in an interview. And uh, and that deserves, I think, some kind of celebration. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely the 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 divide was very real. It was it was two different universes on either side of the East River, and and since you you know you brought up uh, uh, Marxism, it's 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 important to remember too that the Italian community, while you know utterly segregated until not that long ago, you know, uh, uh, culturally and racially too, um, um, was all this, this very community was instrumental in the, in the attempt at the turn of the century uh, and onto the first decades of the 20th century uh, for the attempt, I was saying of, 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 of trying to establish some form of organized labor movements that were ruthlessly, uh, bloodily uh, stamped out uh, by the Republican administrations of the time, um, uh, and 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 erased. Talk again about bending, aligning reality, and erasing voices. Like the, there is very little trace of of uh uh or or we or or and we don't we don't speak enough about the traces that remain uh of 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 these of these social movements of, of the first decades of the 20th century and i and i think i think they're massively important the men of trust are quintessential historical financial titans almost like cutouts from forbes uh, they are driven and skilled and savvy, and they move markets and make fortunes. At the same time, as as characters, they're they're kind of barely there. Um, yeah, they're they're almost rendered like that profile that you would find in a you know, in a nineteen thirties issue of Fortune. What does it say about that kind of figure, or what are you trying to say about that kind of figure? Um, well, I'm I'm glad you you brought up the the word men because I, I I was hoping we could we could talk about how how gendered these these narratives are and I think at the core of the of this project is exactly that to 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 revise what I believe is a is a constitutive kind of erasure and uh, and uh, silencing of 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 women in in narratives of of accumulation and i and i think that's that's a very important thing to to talk about at greater length perhaps but um i i i think the you know there's essentially one man above all the others here in in trust and what i was trying to do with with him he has a few different incarnations but but it's always essentially the same the same man um, 
I think twofold. I mean, two the the the, the two sides in which you know we could talk about this. The 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 first one is obviously the myth of the self-made man. It's always it's always a self-made man. Uh, I use the word deliberately, and um, and um, and this kind of epic tale of uh, you know uh, of this of the, of this guy who. Through his ingenuity and and hard work and uh, um, um, uh, exceptional talents, uh, was able to 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 create this this empire. And we know we know this is this is just simply untrue, uh, just because of the mere nature of capital that we were discussing before. So so you know, capital contains multitudes. This is this is just how it is. So the the there isn't the, there isn't sort of a, a monologic um uh narrative of, of capital, which is what we are usually asked to believe even even today, you know, with these entrepreneurs and 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 sort of geniuses of of industry or or finance or tech or whatever um so so that's the first thing but then you you said they're barely there and i i will i will sort of gently take issue with that okay i think <laughs> i think uh in the in the first in the first book um um bonds the novel within the novel um uh it was it was a it was very intentional uh to have if you if you if you look at the book there are no physical descriptions there is only one line of dialogue that is one word long. Uh, there, there was there was this idea that everyone, uh, uh, the women too, should be to some extent disembodied. Uh, I wanted this kind of hovering uh, approach to to the narrative, and and there is a I think there is a crescendo or a, or a zooming in would be a better simile. Mm -hmm. Uh, throughout the book, when you know at the at the, at the end with the personal journal, uh, we we were inside a body, a dying body, we're inside a consciousness. And here, and I just want to say, here I was specifically trying to not talk about the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Um, but so so that is part of that is part of a, of an arc that I that I you know it was a formal challenge to me and that i was interested in and i also thought it would make the the landing of the book more poignant if you came from this great height and then you were inside someone i th i thought the effect would be greater um uh and and but but also going back to the fact that this very powerful man is barely there um Maybe at at certain points he might be barely there, and it's all in, intentional. Um, but but it's also true that you know I I I try to endow him with a with a great deal of humanity. I mean I mm -hmm. I don't like him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but uh, but I think his humanity is there, and it I think it comes through I, I would hope in his relationship with his wife mm -hmm. whom, she, it's true. Whom, whom he really really profoundly uh, uh reveres loves you know uh, in this in this absolutely transcendental way she doesn't love him back but it's never mean or demeaning or or doesn't hum humiliate him in any way it's just it's just it's not reciprocal in any way mm -hmm. and um and 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 that is his that is his tragedy together with another 
aspect that maybe would be too big of a spoiler, but but I would say that that is his big human tragedy, and mm -hmm. uh, that, that you know he his his little shriveled heart has so much love to give, and and she and he's not he's not loved back. I I guess the the quality that I was that I was trying to capture is, and I think that that you illustrated so well is anyone who has spent any time around very rich people mm. know know that they have a kind of dire gravity well around them you know that yes. that people get pulled into their orbit and then either can't or don't want to get out and uh, and that was something that that felt so well illustrated through this book again kind of through that telescoping you know, yeah. quality that you described from very abstract at the beginning yeah. to almost like too intimate at the end and uh um and as as you've talked about money almost being like an event horizon i i, I kind yeah. of I, I kept coming back to that notion of you know we're getting closer and closer to this very null center no totally that idea of event horizon you know was 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 a very vivid like comparison in my mind at all times uh, also because you know an event horizon not only you know it's the point of no return when gravity just you know is, is inescapable but also because space time is distorted you know uh, around it you know times time goes way slower uh space is spent and and all these things that i pretend to understand but really don't uh, <laughs> um uh, but but it was it was a very productive image and and you know uh uh having having been around i mean and i would also like to say like uh, bevel the 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 tycoon here he's not kind of rich he's probably the richest man Mm -hmm. on the planet like He's that world alteringly is, rich yes. yeah 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 that 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 is the kind of uh wealth that i was interested in not mm -hmm. someone who's doing okay <laughs> you know and and yeah. and 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 you're right in what you said i i reckon although i don't think i've ever been that close to someone that wealthy it is true that i'm i'm a little ashamed of how i behave differently you know when when I'm around, uh, and I, you know, I, I wish I didn't, but I, even if I keep my cool, there is something, there is an awareness that, I, and I hate myself for it, but it, ha it it's that event horizon that, that you were talking about. And I, I was thinking, you know, of myself in those situations. And, uh, um, hopefully now after having thought about this so, so long and hard for so many years, uh, next time I I'll have a, 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 show a bit more of a spine in the in, in those contexts well and i think in some ways the book the book does act as a bit of an inoculation to that you know it's as you're exposed to these forces yeah without having to experience them yourself yeah i hope so to flip over for a second then it's the women of trust who who feel like they have the most complexity around them oh yeah and so i i'd love for you to talk a bit about um about what you were exploring in that choice 
Um, well, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about the genesis of this, which is mm-hmm. just their their sheer absence from 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 these narratives, and and also just their absence in general. Like, if you look at the United States, when women were allowed to open a bank account or trade, you know, it's it's just it's preposterous. It, it wants it wants to make you weep, and um, the the uh, there is this this line in the book where where. Uh, where a woman says, you know, I've never, I've never heard uh, the bell of the stock exchange because they weren't allowed in the stock exchange, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I was trying to that that was that was that was a major um, uh, that was a major motivation and 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 in general the you know the the voicelessness of women around this particular topic uh, uh, specifically and and. And I feel that's when the project really took off for me was when and and the four books emerged, you know, the the the, the all the, the you know the formal quirks um took shape around the issue of voice. Uh and I and I made the decision. I, you know, it was it was very clear to me that it it would be a wasted opportunity just to talk about voice and to thematize voice instead of enacting voice instead of having different voices actually heard and having a polyphonic novel like make this the form of the book don't make it the topic of the book mm-hmm. uh, so that that's really really when when the book did like this this mind warp and it was like oh that's what this book is and it was it was all around the voices of these of these women and it was also you know and uh and I think, um, you know, just as the first part of the book is so uh, is so overtly in conversation with writers like uh, Constance Fenimore Wilson or or Edith Wharton, the the last part of the book is addressing very overtly. I mean, they're mentioned in the text, you know, writers like Virginia Woolf, who's tremendously important to me, or Jean Riz, or you know, there, there's there's a wide list of, um, of modernist. Uh, uh, writers that 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 to me are so immensely important and 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 the the fourth part is a little bit of love letter to to them as well you know uh Gertrude Stein is there everywhere who's a writer I you know I I love so much and uh, uh, Iris Arrigo I mean I'm, I'm I'm kind of cheating because I'm looking back and this is this is the this is the the I have the my my trust um shelf there uh i read a lot of marianne moore too what else (laughs) anyway it's um yeah so i hope this more or less addresses however erratically your question i'd I'd love to talk about source material a bit more actually um and and to talk specifically about historical research because you whether it's looking at finance, looking at people's homes, uh, looking at, you know, kind of the, the evolution of different neighborhoods over time. Yeah. You, you pull a lot of detail from, uh, from primary sources, from historical sources. And I, I'm, I'm interested in just knowing about what that process is like for you. Are you just diving in and kind of going wherever your interest takes you or is there, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there isn't. I mean, it's disciplined in 
in as much as it is relentless like this is all i do and i live in this space and and i read everything and I, I you know i drop a lot of things too you know i just jump around it's it's just it's like a demented forager um but um uh uh but and i work you know with i worked in this case i worked with with manuscripts at at, at you know uh rather obscure or inaccessible collections you know and it comes in handy to have a, an institutional affiliation to to be able to get in um uh but i also you know my my main source is is usually fiction like and fiction from the time whether it's related specifically thematically uh or not like i i, I think there's a flavor a texture uh uh, of, of language that 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 you can only get by reading, you know, endlessly uh, uh, fiction from from the time. Uh, but but I would also be very very quick to to say this: uh, a lot of those details that you said that are pulled from all these sources are not pulled from any source at all. A lot of those details are absolutely made up and uh that that to me is so important uh to um remind myself and it's not it's not hard for me like it comes naturally to me uh but mm -hmm. to but but to keep in mind that fic that fiction is an act of imagination you know and i and that, that's something that i that i defend uh in this in this kind of age of either you know testimonial literature or literature a little too obsessed with with referential accuracy like that's that's not my concern at all i'm not i don't want i don't want things to sound you know anachronistic or or blatantly wrong or stupid or ill-informed but but research is 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 there only to help me come up with with things that feel more solid but the coming up is the important part that that is the part that has to be protected all the time because uh, otherwise you you really can get lost and i i i have friends and you know fellow writers who i see you know are in this labyrinth of of, of detail that that they want to get right and it doesn't like it's not my place, but sometimes I just want to tell them it doesn't matter, man. Um, but, uh, but maybe that's their process. Like they're getting elsewhere by doing that. So who am I to say? I'm just saying that for me, I, I, I like imagination first. Yeah. Arnon, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Michael, this was, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for your thoughtful questions. I have been speaking with Hernan Diaz. His latest book is the novel Trust. Find it and the other books that we've talked about at Kobo and Conversations home on the web at kobo.com slash conversation. Check the show notes for a link. Make sure to catch every conversation by subscribing wherever you listen. Kobo and Conversation is produced by Nathan Maharaj and hosted by me, Michael Tandler. Thank you for listening.